Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Chicago Cubs are headed to Coors Field to face off against old friend Chris Bryant for the weekend home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. Subscribe now because you will not want to miss our series-by-series updates and banter. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue, and apparently I also write about why MLB streaming deals are the absolute worst for fans, and I'm probably going to be listening to some more games on the radio. I am joined today by Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Well, I'm just sitting here wondering if Chris Bryant's eyes will be quite as sparkly while he's wearing, wearing purple. I'm I'm hopeful just because I could use some sparkly Chris Bryant eyes this weekend just to improve my mood, even though he's wearing the wrong color. Is it wild that I think his eyes might sparkle more with the purple? I think the purple might just bring out that blue in a way that's a little different than the cubby blue. It might be a deeper sparkle. You're right. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out tonight. Uh, we have you covered for everything you'll need to know about that series with the Rockies four games at Coors Field. But first, we need to talk about two games against the Pirates. The Cubs split those games. I mean, I don't know. Like my dad used to say for Little League, you know, you win two of three at home, you split on the road. That's supposed to be a great way to get to the postseason, yada, yada. I don't really want to see the Cubs splitting with the Pirates, though. How are you feeling about this series, Danny? Yeah, you got to beat the Pirates. I mean, the uh, especially when you're throwing your ace on the mound, uh, for the second game, you're after taking the first one with your number four slash five in uh, Smiley. You're you're kind of hoping that you're going to get away with a series win. But when and I know we're going to talk about uh, how worried we probably are about the Jekyll and Hyde Hendricks that we're seeing. But uh, that was pretty disappointing to split against the Pirates and the offense disappeared. And it just it le- left a bad taste in my mouth uh, as far as. um We've seen this before and it's, and it's different guys. So it's like, Oh no, we're that team again. And we're not even supposed to be, but, but, but I don't know. I'm disappointed, I guess, is the, the way I would kind of characterize it in one word. Yeah. I'm disappointed too, but let's get, let's do some good news to start off this show. Let's start with the first game In the first game, the Cubs won two to one. Uh, David Robertson got the save. Michael Givens looked great. The the back end of that Cubs bullpen really looked solid. And I have to say, Ethan Roberts, who if you didn't see it the moment that Ethan Roberts was told he made the MLB team, it really was one of the greatest things I've seen all month. You should go back and check it out. We'll make sure that we retweet it from the podcast account. But that back end of the bullpen looked pretty awesome. Ethan Roberts threw one of the nastiest sliders you will ever see in your life. And if that's a pitch he can throw frequently, he can absolutely hang out and stay at the major league level. What do you think of the back end of the Cubs good bullpen, Danny? Well, it's cool because they all are doing the different uh, arm slot thing. You know, you got Efros coming in from the side. You've got the, you, they have different looks. Uh, unlike our starting pitchers who are all just pitch to contact guys, you know, who would have to have the finesse. We have a lot of different looks and a lot more speed. Wick is throwing hard uh, at the back end. So it's been going well. They need a lead to protect like they had in game one. And uh, they did protect. Well, they, they Kyle gave up almost all the runs. Did he give up all the runs? He did uh, we're, all six. We're not there yet, Danny. We're talking about game one. We're talking about oh, game okay. one. All we're right. we're yeah. going to talk about Kyle Hendricks in a second. Well, the bullpen Focus was on- good in both games. And yeah, so, true. you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm digging Givens. He threw, he's got that funky little thing going. You got F, uh, David Robertson is, I mean, he looks like vintage David Robertson, but 
I'm talking about like six years ago, David Robertson, where he was one of the main dudes to close baseball games. So it's really cool to see and uh, add to it the Coldplay guy with Chris Martin. And, uh, you know, it, it, somebody was in the bleachers saying the other day that the back end of the bullpen, they feel great about that. It's that's that can come together. It's those middle innings that everybody's got like, huh, who do we use for the sixth? You know, that's that's the question. The Cougar shut down sixth inning guy when you have a you have unstretched out starter. So you're going to need it almost every single game this entire month. Yeah, so, it's going to be a thing. Uh, our old friend Jose Quintana looked solid, but the Cubs yeah. got a little bit more offense. I actually thought Drew Smiley pitched really well in this game. If, if Drew Smiley is that guy in that four or five slot and, and to be clear, nobody seems to know who the number four pitcher for the Cubs is. The last time I looked at the probable pitchers that that is marked as TBD, which I don't know. Can you determine it quickly, please? <laughs> well, I guess not because uh, I think what it's going to be is a bullpen day, which means that we're not going to see, they're going to hope that steel Somebody's going to have to wear it is what it is. I mean, you're going to hope that Steele is going to go deep in his game and not tax the bullpen at the start of this four-game series. And you're going to hope that um, – uh, what's his name? is going to, Who do you piggyback with last time? Um, Keegan Thompson. Thompson. I bet you Thompson starts the game, goes a couple innings. It's just like the bullpen's game to do. You had Rucker pitching yesterday. He was able to take a couple innings. You're going to look for that on Saturday. And it just got to all go right. And it's, and when you're playing the Rockies in Colorado, um, well, it can, it can go wrong real fast. That's all I'm saying. It can go wrong real fast. Let's talk about one more thing that is going right for the Cubs first, though, and that is Seiya Suzuki, who looks to be exactly as advertised and even better he has already been worth 0.5 war for this Cubs team, which is incredible. He's currently slashing 400, 524, 1,000. The OPS is 1.524, people. Uh, that is obviously not sustainable. But the thing that I love about this that I just cannot get over, he has two things going for him that blew my mind. And, and one of these things stabilizes really quickly in terms of stats. So his chase rate, like the number of pitches he swings at outside of the zone is minuscule. It is literally the lowest in Major League Baseball among qualified batters as we talk. It is 5.1%. That is a tiny, tiny, tiny number, people. That is a lower chase rate than Juan Soto, who I have said, and other people have said, it is not just me, is the second coming of Ted Williams, who had the best bat-to-ball skills in Major League Baseball history. I kind of can't believe what we're witnessing here every time Saya goes to the plate. And that is not to say that he's never going to strike out. He actually is currently striking out 23.8% of the time, but he's not striking out by flailing and swinging at things out of the zone. He's actually striking out by watching and gathering more information. So I kind of anticipate that K rate is going to drop over time. The man has three home runs. He's hit them everywhere. Like the spray chart goes all over the place. This dude is fun to watch, Danny. What do you see from Saya Suzuki? Well, in the ribbies too, and I know that everybody hates RBI as a stat, but it. But if you're a, a dude that can do the right thing given the situation, like just the other day, he hit a single and he just hit it right in front of the center fielder, and it drove in a run. And he he drove in almost all the runs in Pittsburgh, didn't he? Except for Wilson's, 
Yeah, I think he did. Outside of Wilson's, like Wilson had a really good game too. And and I, I want to talk about Wilson Contreras' sure. game too, because he kind of started off the season a little bit slow, but it looked like he picked up some steam in that second game. But yeah, no, he, he's uh, doing the right thing. He do, he's doing what you need in the moment you need it. And I mean, sometimes it's going to be a home run. You're always going to need one of those, but and so I've I've really enjoyed watching his game because he didn't try to do too much, and that is we saw a lot of that. The bases loaded, the three strikeouts in a row of everybody just coming out of their shoes trying to hit an eight run homer, and yeah. uh, it's just nice to see Saya being like, okay, we got a guy at third. There's two outs. I need to score this run. This is way more, but we got to come. We got to climb back into this game, and so we just did that. He didn't try to do too much and hit. A two-run bomb instead and try to score himself too he just did what he had to do and he drove in Wilson so it you know it was just really nice to it's really nice to see a player like that who just has I don't know really great instinctual baseball brain skills yeah he knows what he needs to do in a given at bat I mean obviously RBIs are one of those stats that you have to be in the circumstance to get the job done blah 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 and some people don't look at them as predictive. Well, they're not predictive in any way, shape, or form. But it is worth noting that in only five games so far, Seiya Suzuki is tied for third in the major league with nine RBIs. The only people ahead of him have both played more games than him. It's Jose Ramirez with 14 and six games and Pete Alonso with 10 and seven games. I mean, you kind of kind of love to see that from a guy like Seiya Suzuki, particularly for a Cubs team. This Cubs team has not exactly been good at getting runners in when they needed to. And and having that bat in the middle of the lineup that is going to bring guys home is important. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's no more important thing to do than to drive in a run. I mean, offensively. And if you, in, if you know how to do it in different circumstances, then you don't just have one way you're going to do it. By slugging usually is what it is. And you're willing to bunt somebody and you're willing to take the single. You're really willing to hit hit a sack fly. Even if you're not going to get all the ball, you got a guy at third base or one out. You're like, I need that run to score. I'm not going to I'm not gonna wait for this. Even if it's a little outside, I'm going to hit it to the right fielder. He's not going to be able to catch the, uh, catch the runner at home or something. Just those little things. Like, I hate when runners at third with less than two outs don't score. I just, it, we all hate it. Everybody hates it. I don't think that's going to happen quite as often with Seiya Suzuki at the plate in that situation. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, my only thing about Seiya that I'm wondering, and I think he's still learning the ballparks and stuff, For you sure. know, but I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Just, I mean, there were a couple of plays that I was kind of like, ah, I think Jay Hay gets to that. I think, you know, maybe that play looks a little different with Hayward and, in right, and I know it say is not a center fielder. That's a whole different position. I, I not don't think things should necessarily change unless it means that Jason Hayward is not playing anymore. Then then I might be okay with it. But the um, you know, it, it just I I think I'm going to give him some time with that. I'm not yeah. going to be overcritical about because I I think he can do it, and I think I like what you said about gathering information because I I can see him thinking unfortunately other teams are also gathering information on him so i'm not gonna also get too excited about such a hot start but why not let's get excited yeah that's fair i mean obviously there's going to be some adjustments the league is going to adjust to say sa is going to adjust back i think what you said about uh say suzuki and learning the ballparks learning how the ball plays in different places is certainly true i've noticed that 
defensively as well. I mean, you might want to be careful what you wish for about Jason Hayward. He's not been terrible so far to start the season. Uh, the power is certainly not there. It's it's he's slugging 250, but he has gotten on base at a 357 clip. So Jason Hayward we'll has been it. right in the mix a bunch of times. Um, but let's talk about someone who I am a little bit concerned about. And we saw it in game two of this series. Kyle Hendricks is supposed to be the staff ace. He looked like the staff ace against the Milwaukee Brewers in that first start at Wrigley Field on opening day. And then he looked like an entirely different pitcher against the Pittsburgh Pirates of all team at PNC. I mean, I honestly don't even know what to do with this. Kyle Hendricks. And 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 look, I you y'all have heard me on this show before say, oh, well, that you need to like kind of let that stat start go. It was he was just babbed to death, like the balls were falling in weird spots, and he's a contact soft contact guy, so sometimes that's gonna happen. That is not what happened here. No. Kyle Hendricks gave up a lot of hard contact uh to the pirates. And I don't know if you noticed this, Danny, but in the postgame, Marquis went to an interview with Wilson Contreras in the dugout and asked him. Um, one of the reporters there asked him what he saw from Kyle today and, and Wilson Contreras, who never throws anyone under the bus, but was kind of just like, he didn't have any command today and just stopped. He's like, I hate losing. Like they were trying to get Wilson to talk about having a pretty good game because Wilson did kind of break out in that second game and Wilson was having none of it. He didn't want to lose. And look, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks is a location artist. So if he can't locate pitches, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Cause it's, it's going in there at 85. So uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great. And the Pirates just, man, they lit him up last year. They have his number. The Brewers lit him up, too. And you know who really lights him up is Key Brian Hayes, who got two home runs off him, I think, in his first game in the majors or something like that last year. And the, I don't know if it was his first game, but it was close to it. And then um, he would he goes four for four in this game. I mean, just he just lights Kyle up. He just was so happy that he's starting. The thing that stinks about this situation is that Kyle's not supposed to be the staff ace. He just is the staff ace by default. And um, yeah, it wasn't always, didn't have to be like this. You know, you pick up a Max Scherzer and guess who's the staff ace now. It's not Kyle Hendricks. And he slots back. Um, the whole, the whole pitching staff has the same kind of makeup for the most part. Right. Totally. So Justin not- steals your hardest throwing guy. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's not a different look. So you, you got smiley out there and he's, I guess throws a little harder than Kyle does. So when it's a bit of a different game, but still it's not blowing everybody away. But if you have a guy throwing 95, the whole game the day before, and then you throw Kyle Hendricks out there, maybe it goes a little bit different, but in this game, you can't make any excuses. Kyle just stunk and he was putting him over the plate. Couldn't find the zone. It wasn't cold out there either. It was cold at his first start. wasn't It was like seventy five in Pittsburgh yesterday, and um, so it, it's just I don't know. The, maybe it's just I don't want to say it's over for Kyle, but like Kyle's going to be a dude who has an ERA between four and five. He's a number three starter. He has a lot of talent. Is we're going to make him hang around, but he's not a he's not Greg Maddox. You know, he's not, he's doesn't, he's not that guy. So, I mean, what do you do? What, what I mean, he's just, you're just hoping he eats innings at this point, you know? Yeah. I, I don't have a lot to add there. I'm hoping that Kyle can turn it around, but honestly, the weather really made me nervous. Cause it made me wonder like maybe the Wrigley start was more 
weather related and the fact that he knows Wrigley Field better and and how many of those like 45 degree at Wrigley starts as Kyle Hendricks going to get this season not as many as he's going to get 75 degree starts in other places like I just I'm really nervous about this I'm hoping that I am wrong I'm I prepared not to be wrong I couldn't agree with you more that if he was backing up like a U Darvish or a Max Scherzer Scherzer or somebody else this is a different scenario but he's not the next best guy on the rotation is Marcus Stroman and Marcus Stroman is great but you don't want Marcus Stroman to be your staff ace and and I sort of feel like we might be in a place where Kyle Hendricks or Marcus Stroman is our staff ace right now um I do want to talk a little bit about Wilson Contreras he definitely broke out in that second game against Pittsburgh even though he was cranky that it didn't lead to a victory. Contreras on the short season so far is slashing 308, 471, 615. He's really getting on base a lot. He's been right in the middle of run production. He's always on base, scoring, always on base, coming, um, you know, batting guys in. Like, what are you seeing from Wilson on the short season so far, Dan? He's getting all his hits in all the wrong order. What's going on, Wilson? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, you're picking guys off base. I, I might add too that Vogelbach thing yesterday was that hilarious. Was so funny. That what was, was great. what was Vogelbach doing? No like, idea. Staring <laughs> off into space. Like you know you're not fast, dude. Like you can't get back. <laughs> you can't get back to the base fast against Wilson's arm. Just for, you're just sleeping. But no, Wilson's game is great. The Cubs should extend him. I don't understand. Like they don't they hate him, and I don't get it. He's the best catcher in the league, and uh, the Cubs don't like him. And it's just here we are again. You know, I don't, I don't get it. He's, uh, he's getting his trade value up there by playing this way. Do you know, anybody would love to have him. Any contender apparently where that's not us. Cause we don't want to have Wilson Contreras on our team for some yeah, reason. I, I, I don't understand it either. And like I said, as long as Wilson doesn't go to the Cardinals or the Yankees, wherever Wilson goes, I'm going with him. Um, you know, talking about that extension, we got a question yesterday from Wrigleyville bum over on our Twitter account. And he wanted to know if we're going to resign Wilson or trade him. I, I think Danny and I are pretty much uh, in of the mind that the Cubs don't look like they're going to get that extension done. It is bananas. We don't know why that is the case. And yet it seems like the Cubs are going to try their luck with a free agent market for catchers that doesn't exist. I just, <laughs> I have no answer for it. Uh, let's move to some news around the league really quickly before we preview this upcoming series against the Rockies. A lot to talk about with that upcoming series. So you'll definitely want to stick around for the second half. But um, over in those Giants games, if you are watching late, there was a historic moment. And, and I just have to say, I have been a baseball fan since I was four. I was never super into baseball cards. Like I didn't trade them or collect them or anything like that. Yesterday I bought my first baseball card. Tops had a special edition Alyssa Nakin uh, debut card. Alyssa Nakin made her official coaching debut for the Giants. Unfortunately, because uh, Mike Schilt, uh, former Cardinals manager, current Padres third base coach, made some unfortunate comments towards the dugout. Uh, of the Giants, and they appear to have, you know, done some talking, there was an apology, etc. But Anton Richardson, who is from the Bahamas, identifies as black, was was not having any of what he heard from Mike Schilt in the Giants dugout, got tossed, and that led to Nakin's official debut. Um, look, 
I, I hate that this is how it happened, but man, seeing her standing there coaching first base was great. Her comments after the game about being ready for the moment and just wanting to make sure that she's always prepared were incredible. I think that card might still be available for a couple more hours as you listen to this. So if you want to go get yourself the first woman coach debut card on tops, you can go do that. Danny, what do you think about this Giants Padres debacle? And Gabe Kapler's comments after that. And I swear to God, I, if you had told me this story a month ago, I would have sworn the teams were reversed. Gabe Kapler after the mound is like, there are no such things as unwritten rules. We're going to keep trying to score no matter what at any point in time. Everything we do is about winning the baseball game. And I was just like, all right, Gabe Kapler, game on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to pick out. What a full series for those teams. I mean, a lot lot going on with out in California. Um, uh, I'll start with the last thing you were just talking about, which is the unwritten rules thing. Well, if if they're unwritten, then they're not rules. And that, that that's how it is. And now there is a new rule about um, run differential between teams. There are no tiebreakers anymore. So you, if you're going to run up the score, I don't care. You guys got to keep scoring, score, score, score. And you know, go good luck bringing in your shortstop to pitch now because he's going to give up five runs. And then the run differential at the end of the year could be that um, the difference now in, in being in uh, making the playoffs against that team. There's although only- speaking, speaking of shortstops pitching, if you have not seen D strange Gordon hitting, I think it was Travis Darno with like a 52 funny. mile per hour fastball and Arno flopped on the ground. Like he had been destroyed. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. You should go check it out. Sorry for interrupting Danny. I just had to give, give that shout out to a brilliant baseball moment. No, it's just like, why are you going to try to take it easy on these guys? Um, you know, if you're winning, what was the score? Like 11 to two or something. And they're bunting and they're, and they're uh, just trying to keep scoring runs. The giants were, and you know, screw it. That's uh that's baseball. That's the rule now. So try to score as many runs as you can. Um, and that's fine. It's just like, don't, don't bunt when you're up nine, who says like, screw you. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm going to try to keep scoring runs on you. I'm going to keep stealing bases. I'm going to pad my own stats personally. I guess I'm going to take it easy on you. How how do you even do that? You know, how do you just give up during a baseball game? You're not trained for that. So um, I know that there's those kind of like rules, unwritten rules, but they're not rules. So, cause they're unwritten. Um, and then the stuff about uh, Alyssa uh, knocking is how you say it. I think so. Yes. Okay. I, I've, I've I, been I've saying heard, Nakin, but I've heard Nakin and Nakin, but I, I thought it was Nakin. I, if I'm you saying say it wrong, I apologize. Nakin, I say Nakin. <laughs> um, so uh, no, how cool. Long time coming. Also like the Negro leagues is a major league. And so there were many women that participated in that as coaches and players as well. But for the major leagues, this barrier to be broken is a really big deal. Um, and you know, it's, it's freaking awesome. She's worked really hard. Uh, it's a great American story. It's a, it's, I hope it's empowering for many young, uh, uh, female baseball fans, uh, and, and male baseball, everybody, I hope everybody's inspired by her story that if you work hard against the odds, you can do something that people told you could not be done, which I was like, anybody that said that even 10 years ago, I was like, you're an idiot. I mean, you know, maybe 50 years ago, it would be harder to imagine, but, um, you know, now, but now in modernity, when we're, we're living in a a place where, you know, you have a 
a woman vice president and uh, that are running for president. Like this is a different world we have. And so for her to be out there at uh, first base was just so uh, inspirational, exciting. And and you got to hand it to uh, a lot of the dudes on the teams, too, because they are, I think, welcoming. I mean, I, I don't know that for a fact, but they better be. Otherwise, they'll be out on their ear. They seem to be pretty welcoming. I'm about to complicate this pronunciation issue farther because I've got knocking, knacking, and naking, and I, I don't have a clear answer from the interweb. So I'll, I'll go check the MLB pronunciation guide there. I apologize if I said it wrong earlier. Well, have her on bottom the line, after. Bottom line, historic and wonderful, and go get that baseball card if you're so inclined. I know that I didn't want to miss out on that. Uh, Ladito had a three home run game against the Yankees and Garrett Cole just really lit up the Bronx. Um, I guess only two of the home runs were against Cole. One of them was against somebody else I'm blanking on, but that dude looks like he is on fire. I have been watching a lot of this Blue Jays team and I know that Teoscar Hernandez left that game with some side issues, which probably signals an oblique, which probably signals a long IL stint. But even with that, Danny, I'm pretty interested in this Blue Jays team and they look like they were outclassing the Yankees yesterday. What do you think of Vladito's three home run game? Well, I mean, the dude's awesome. I mean, who, would, who wouldn't love to have him on your team? And he's a lot of fun to watch. And uh, yeah, and I mean, anybody that's going to take it away from the, and I know you're a big Red Sox fan and stuff, but you know, those guys have been around for a while. The Blue Jays don't really get too much of the of a chance a lot of the time to, to be number one. That's such a tough division. And so for them to have a fun team that looks like the real thing, I think it's great. Um, I mean, give one, I, I don't want Canada to really win anything to be honest, but like, <laughs> but you know, if I, like I would rather like, I don't like the Rays cause nobody likes them. The Red Sox, they're always there. The Yankees are over are always there. I mean, who I really want to do something is the Orioles. And it's just like, they're so inept, you know? So I don't, so it might as well be the blue Jays. If you're an <laughs> underdog kind of fan, so you can't cool. have Baltimore. We'll take Canada. Um, look, I I'm telling you if, when the Cubs are playing day baseball and you're looking for a game at night, check out this blue Jay team. You, you may, you may find yourself a little bit smitten. I know I have a crush on them. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going through seven, 80 pitches, 13 strikeouts on 80 pitches and was pulled from the game. Our friend Jake Arietta, old cub says that is yikes. And he is loud about it on Twitter. I got I mean, Look, I understand why Dave Roberts did this. I understand the Dodgers have bigger aspirations, yada, yada. Are we just never going to see perfect games and no hitters early in the season again? The Padres had back-to-back. You Darvish and Sean Mania both started the season with no hitters and were pulled in the sixth or seventh inning from them. Now Kershaw, I hate this. I yeah. want no hitters to I want to get an alert for a no hitter on my phone and I want to tune in and I want to see the guy finish the game I what is baseball doing here yeah and Cubs had a combined one last year uh as well which actually ruined the season (laughs) if you remember that when we lost 11 in a row and and everybody got traded but uh the yeah I I mean it's the the style of play now even pitchers I, I there's it's a rarity where you even see a guy pitch 200 innings they're uh they're looking at the the well the money that they spend on some of these big contracts and they're worried with these guaranteed contracts that this that they're going to blow out a guy's arm and all that money will be down the tubes and your season probably too so uh i mean these teams are built to win i so i do understand that 
But yeah, it's not great for the game. Not not getting interest because even in that game, I heard it was happening. I turned it on, saw that they had pulled them, I turned it off because I don't care now. Right. You know. Same. So I'm like, all right, well, if you don't want to do things that I don't care about, then I'm not watching this one. So you just lost a viewer. Um, totally. So I, I agree. I, I tuned into those games and then turned them off. And I was like, come on. And and I'm a baseball fan. Like, I want to see history being made. But it's not interesting to me when Alex Vesia gives up a hit the second he comes in to relieve Clayton Kershaw. Like, that's just a bummer. And Kershaw, of course, is Kershaw. So he said all the right things. He said all the things you were supposed to say about mm-hmm. how, all oh, this is the long season. And I want to make sure that I'm there for it. And, dur, 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 and that's fine, I guess. Yeah, but, like, also... Yeah. Uh, what is he supposed to say? I think Jake Arrieta said what Clayton Kershaw was probably thinking. I know Jake Arrieta said what I was thinking. Let's talk about somebody else who's got a, who did make some history here. Stephen Kwan. If you're not watching the Cleveland Guardians, you should probably tune in for a little bit of Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan finally swung and missed at a pitch. And I <laughs> look. The guy has one strikeout, as far as I can tell, on the season. Uh, we are multiple games in, and he has played most or all of them yeah he's got uh six games in he's got 29 plate appearances finally swung and missed uh there was a whole debate on twitter about whether a foul tip counted as a whiff because and, and it does not by the way if you can hear the bat hit the ball it's obviously not a swing and miss particularly when we are talking about history here i think stephen kwan is a little bit getting a little bit lucky here his babib is currently 526 that's the batting average on balls in play that is not sustainable people it's not going to happen but the contact skills are pretty incredible one strikeout over 29 plate appearances is absurd i'm liking watching the guardians just to see stephen kwan make history have you checked any of this out danny uh, I have not, but I did see the story about him and I'm looking at his minor league stats and in this day and age in the game that's currently being played, he's only striking out about 10% of the time. Um, that's really good. It's a, you know, you'll, you definitely take that. He, uh, is minors career slash line is 301, 380, 438. So he's hitting for average and, um, he, in, a total of 827 at bats. He only struck out 87 times in the minors. So he's bringing that skill up to the major leagues in a, in a ridiculous way, obviously with 19 at bats and only one strikeout. That's also probably not sustainable as they learn about Stephen Kwan, but it sounds like uh, the uh, guardians have a good one. You know, I have to say here though, because you, you mentioned the game has changed so much. I, I think it is worth noting you're you're ooing and eyeing over Stephen Kwan, striking out about 10% of the time in the minors. Mark Grace, who is not considered to be a Hall of Fame candidate by any stretch of the imagination, he is definitionally a Hall of Very Good Guy, never in his major league career, not even that season with Arizona in 2003, never struck out more than 10% of the time in a season. His highest K percent in any season was 9.7%. His career K percent was 6.9%. Mark Grace is a lifetime 303 hitter. (laughs) Indeed, I didn't even... Oh, Danny, how did I miss that? Mark Grace... I'm just going to say that one more time for our listeners at home. Mark Grace's career K percent is 6.9%. Nice. Indeed. Uh, It seems to me... Bill Buckner is another one that never struck out. That's ridiculous, right? Like we we do not have guys like that anymore who just make contact. And I get it; he didn't have he didn't have a ton of power. But I think I would take a guy 
slashing 303-383-442 on this Cubs team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if if your game works and if it's productive, um, fabulous. I mean, people would probably, would, you know, Pete Rose would do anything to get on base and maybe not the right thing in, in the situation. like Or any need, situation, you, not yeah, just on the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. He, not a real strong judgment on that guy. Indeed, but, continue. But, uh, but you know what I mean? It's just like, he he just wanted to get on base no matter what. He'd take whatever he's getting. He's swinging at balls. He's, you know, take, you know, just to get, that's how you get over 4,000 hits. Yeah. That's how that's done. You know, you're just, you, you, there's no way you just don't strike out. You do whatever you can. You bunt it. You run as fast as you can. Like, you know, he's just always busting tail to get that base. He wanted it so bad. And yeah, you don't see guys doing that anymore. Even, even they don't even run like full out down to first base a lot of the time because they're afraid of blowing a hammy. Yeah. The game is so physical. It's so much harder in many respects. So I, I have respect for how you have to play it now to be able to do it and not be able to walk maybe when you're old, you know? So I get it, but at the same time, it's, you know, you're, we're, we're tuning in to see amazing things. We're not tuning in to see dudes lollygagging around so they don't hurt themselves, you know? Totally. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. We've got a couple more notes from in and around the league that we'll hit on on the flip side, uh, including my rant about all of these new streaming deals. And we'll also preview the Cubs series at Colorado. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And we are back. Bob Castellini keeps sucking, so he's going to make me talk about the Reds again. He literally threatened to move the oldest team in baseball out of Cincinnati and told the fans if they don't like all of their players being sold off, tough luck, basically. What else are they going to watch? I cannot with these billionaires. And sure, the guy apologized, whatever. Like, as he apologized, I'm sure Nick Castellanos hit a home run somewhere. Danny. What is going on with these billionaires whining about the fact that they have to spend any money at all to make baseball palatable to their to their fans? I mean, it's just so tone deaf. And even if you do think that and even if you do have disdain for the the fans of the thing you own, even if you do feel that way at least be smart enough to know not to say anything. <laughs> like you idiot. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, like, how do these guys make their money? Like being so dumb. I'm like, it's amazing to me. I'm like, if, like you have one job and that's just to get the fans to keep liking you. And, and they're not gonna, they're going to complain about everything you do, but like that, that's fine. I mean, you just got to play the role. Like if I was the owner and I was an evil billionaire, I would play the role of evil billionaire and I would be, I'd have a twirly mustache and a top hat. And I'd be just such a jerk all the time to and treating my, my, my uh, fans like subjects. But I mean, that's what they do. It's just like, what a, what a dummy. They really do treat their fans like, you know, serfs who happen <laughs> to like farm the land for them. And, and, and that somehow they owe, they owe them the tithe of whatever they're charging for tickets these days. I mean, I mean they're not wrong. I mean, it's in some ways they're not wrong. It's like when Papa Ricketts said, look at the fools. They <laughs> were in last place and they're filling the bleachers drinking $10 beers. What a bunch of dummies. And he's not wrong. We do do that. So, <laughs> you know, I could, but you're not supposed to say it on the, you're not supposed to say it. Say like Papa Joe said it. And now we could throw it back at him. And then this guy said it, and he's never going to live it down. 
Yeah, that's definitely saying the quiet part out loud. And and perhaps you should reconsider that if your business enterprise at least presumably requires some fan support. I mean, I know we just had Craig Calcaterra on here talking about why these teams earn millions of dollars before they sell a single ticket. But can you just pretend that you care about winning baseball games a little bit? A little bit for a treat. That's all That's all the fans are asking for. Speaking of things that the fans are asking for and are not asking for, literally no one is asking for these streaming deals that MLB is putting up. And frankly, the more I read about them and the more I see, Danny, I think these are just a disaster for the for the league. I have a piece coming up that will be dropping on Bleed Cubby Blue this afternoon. It's probably up by the time you're listening to this podcast, looking at basically MLB's decision to just randomly sell off random games of all of the different teams to... Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Peacock Premium, you name it, they're selling it. And frankly, what it means, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not adding Peacock Premium and I'm not adding Apple TV. I will just listen to Pat Hughes on the radio. This is nonsense. And if I'm not doing it, you know who's not doing it? My dad. There's no way that my dad is going to go try to find Yankees games on Amazon Prime. He is just not going to tune in. The league already has a viewership problem. They already have an aging demographic. And they think the answer is to just put games somewhere else that makes it harder for fans to watch them. What is this? Yeah, yeah I, I, it's funny you bring up your dad because this situation is this similar with it's the exact same with my mom. She I told her I can get it so that she could watch the game on her computer. She's like, oh, I don't watch games on my computer. I'm not going to do that if I can't get it on the TV, which she can't because she's stuck in her uh, buildings situation, which they're not doing marquee and uh so she's just stuck and she's like oh i just like the radio that pat hughes is so good like you know and he is so she's happy she's like i can do other things while the game is on i like the radio the radio is free i love the radio i listened to that whole game yesterday on the radio i didn't i didn't watch a a second of it and then later on i looked at some highlights on my phone and so i saw what had happened and i don't even need to always do that because i I know what a fly ball the right field looks like. You know, I don't need to know exactly what happened, but you know, it's just, it's yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's freaking, they're going to, I don't know why they hate baseball so much. They won't let us watch it. Like we're like, we love it. They're like, you can't see it. We're like, please. They're like, no, you have to pay $50 to see it. We're like, well, I can't afford $50 for all these things. And I don't want to have Peacock plus, you know, just for one thing. Well, and that's the other thing that is just sort of tone deaf and, and frankly silly about this whole thing. They they seem to believe, and as far as I can tell, uh, Bill Shaken over at the LA Times did an interview with MLB's chief revenue officer or something like that. I can't remember the guy's exact title. It's in my story. If you read the piece, you'll see, you'll see a piece and a link to this interview uh, where he asked him, he's like, what is the point here? Fans seem kind of upset about it. They're going to have to pay. It's going to be hard to find the games, all of this stuff. And And the guy basically says, we think that streaming is where it's at. People are moving to streaming and we believe that they will watch baseball on streaming services. And I'm like, look, I have streaming services specifically to watch the things I like on streaming services. Do you know what streaming services have never made me do? Watch a reality dating show. I didn't watch them on MTV. I don't watch them on Bravo. I don't watch them on whatever network they are on. I am not keeping up with the Kardashians. And the fact that some of those shows are also on Netflix doesn't mean that I watch them there. It means I watch other things there. I don't know why they have this. If we build it, they will just show up and watch it attitude. I cannot imagine anything less likely 
than some 22-year-old who is on Netflix because they like the anime products available there, all of a sudden deciding to tune into MLB. To be clear, there is not a Netflix streaming deal yet. Yet, yeah. But yeah, but they've the whole thing that they were trying, and they already have the infrastructure in which to deliver the their product to baseball fans. The MLB very, TV app yeah, is great, and, and, except for the blackouts and the fact that there are random games I can't watch on it. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's even newer because you can't see the ESPN games. They won't show you those. The game of the week. And they won't show you um, now these Apple TV Friday nights, and they won't show you uh, a couple other ones, right? Well, the, none of the playoffs. They won't show you the most exciting part of the year. Okay, here's the list. I think I've got it. I'm probably leaving something out. There is an Apple TV. There are two Apple TV Friday night games of the week. There are Peacock Premium Sunday morning games. I guess this is supposed to be like Saturday morning cartoons, but for baseball or something. I am uh, at there, church. There are some random. No, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> there are some random Yankees games that are going to be on Amazon Prime. And I imagine somebody else will decide to like hook up with Amazon Prime at some point. In the future, there are the Fox games that are on Saturdays that you can't watch, the ESPN games that are on Wednesdays and Sunday that you can't watch. And yes, the playoff series every year that wind up being on FS1 of all things. Like you did this deal with Fox so they could put it on their primo whatever channel thing that you don't get with basic cable. Those are games that if you want to see them, you have to go somewhere to find a sports bar that cares enough to have FS1. I think that's it. Yeah. As of now. And a lot of Chicago bars won't carry marquee because they don't want to pay the extra price. Because if you have multiple televisions, you're paying for each one of those TVs for when you're a business rate. And a lot of them won't even do it. Um, not in Wrigleyville, of course, they have to. They have no choice but to pony up the money. But uh, the but yeah, it's it, they're making it harder to consume and then complaining that people don't like their sport. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, there's one way you could... Uh, get people to watch it and that's let us see it first of all let us see it i I think it i think it's pretty transparently a ploy to get the same people who already watch baseball to pay a little bit extra for some specific games i don't think there's any chance they will get new fans out of this yeah just listen to the radio most in fact like I, i listen to other teams announcers on the radio sometimes and sometimes i'll listen to the spanish language broadcast because then you can do a little practice and see where you are with your comprehension skills, especially like the commercials. The commercials are easier to understand sometimes than the announcers who are going very quickly. But um, yeah, it's uh, there, there's all sorts of free options. And on top of that, any 22-year-old knows how to get around all your stupid crap anyway, you idiots. <laughs> you know, like – and that's what I'm saying. It's like, no, they're, they're like watching whatever they want all the time with like their aunt's best friends who saw Ferris at 31 flavors password. You know what I mean? So I'm like, they're, they're just being ridiculous. The only people this hurts is like old people who already like the game who are trying to figure out how to download so, like Peacock plus to their fire stick that their grandson gave them that they don't even want that it's on. They're like, how do I get to it? Oh, DVI. What's a DVI? You know what I mean? Like they, it's like, it's just, they're just making people hate them. Uh, their biggest fans. And then they're just going to give up like my mom and put it on the radio. 
honest to God, this is in my piece. Like, we're just basically, like, saying my whole piece right now. But I – so I bought my parents a Roku a couple of years ago for Christmas. And it, t- it was a two-night process to get the Roku hooked up because it caused so <laughs> much stress to try to hook up the Roku that my mom just, like, kiboshed it the first night. And we got in this huge fight, and she was like, you should just take it back. You should just take it back. We don't need this. And then the next night, I tried again. We finally got it set up. They actually love – the Roku now, but they're not adding anything to it. Like, dear God, my parents are never going to add anything to that Roku. They're just going to be like, and the Roku has Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the next time you see that Roku, you're going to be like, oh my God, you're like four versions out of date. You know, (laughs) just like, you know, you have to update this. Oh, the Netflix isn't working. It's like, yeah, it's because you got like 1978 Netflix on here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have Netflix, but I'm exaggerating of course. But, um, but yeah, no, you don't you don't give old people new technology. We all know this. It's like we we've all been tech support for mom and it's not fun and you have to be very specific about things like okay, you go to the finder. Okay. Which one's the finder? No, no, it's just click, you know. I know I'm speaking to a lot of you out there listening to who have done this, but uh yeah, this is stupid and they should just honestly almost like a podcast or like the Sunranto show, which we stream to Twitter and Everywhere. Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and uh, do all this stuff. It's like, no, make it as easy as possible to find you. You put keywords in the, in when you embed it into the, your links and stuff like that. And then I put it on Cubs insider and I put it, you know, on Twitter and I reshare it because I want it my, I want it to be easy to find. They're selling ads. The more, people hearing the ads the more you can charge the ad people that's how it's always been so what are you doing like just get it and out of us it's we're buying 400 jerseys what do you want from us mlb well luckily this weekend you won't have to worry about where to find the cubs or the rockies because all of these games are going to be on marquee in shocking news the cubs and rockies were not projected by anyone to be very good so the fact that this happens to be a matchup of winning teams right now is just kind of a fluke um that matchup will start tonight at 7:40 central time at Coors Field. Coors Field is always an adventure for pitchers. We'll see how Justin Steele handles it. He's going up against Kyle Freeland. Uh, tomorrow's game, which is on Jackie Robinson Day, will feature Marcus Stroman against Herman Marquez. The game on Saturday, also a night game, has our old pal TBD and Danny, as he alluded earlier. This will probably be a bullpen game against Antonio Sensatella, and then finally, this will wrap up with an afternoon uh, game on Sunday between Drew Smiley and Austin Gomber. I have not checked the weather in Colorado, but I wouldn't be stunned to see one of these games get moved or rained out or something. It's it's kind of unpredictable there, just like it's unpredictable for us out here in the Midwest. Danny, what do you see with these pitching matchups? Well, uh, first of all, I did check the weather, and it's the dumbest thing in the world that these are. It's not going to rain. The, the most chance of rain is 3%. Uh, so that's, that's good news. And it's going to be sunny in the daytime, and then at night it's going to be freezing cold, lows in the 30s, Highs in the 60s. So that's how Colorado works. And it's so dumb. These are April games. Why are you only playing one day game when there should at least be three of them? I could see maybe not doing tonight because who's going to come to a Thursday day game or doing it in the day and get a bunch of kids in there. I don't know. Like, you want to grow the game? Give uh, school kids free tickets and have like school kid day and have the mascot run around. Everybody will love it, you know, but no, let's have it. Let's have a game at in 30 degree weather where we freeze our butts off and nobody's going to come anyway. So like, what's the point? People, more people would knock off work and go to a day game in the sixties. than they're going to go freeze their butt off in the thirties. That's just how it's going to be. So anyway, 
<laughs> that's my two cents on that. I've been I've been pounding the table on this for forever because we know as Cub fans, we know. So uh, yeah, what was the other question? Oh, about the matchups and stuff. Oh man, well uh, we've seen all these pitchers before. Uh, well, except we for have. TBD. Except for except TBD. For T- well, we are TBD, but I'm saying the Rockies pitchers. <laughs> I'm saying the Rockies pitchers. They're they've got a bit of. They've got some guys that have been around for a while, you know, Marquez and uh, Freeland. And, you know, they've they've been all over. we've seen them before um, the um, they don't have a bad team. I was like looking up and down it. And, you know, they got s- some young guys coming through. They adding Chris Bryant is a huge deal. He's going to probably put up really great numbers there. But uh, as far as, um, you know, the the pitching matchups go, uh, the the one that really interests me, I always look for outliers when I look some of the stuff up. But uh, Marcus Stroman pitching on Friday, he has a 164 earned run average in 22 innings pitched at Coors. That's incredible. Like I well, and I sort of feel like Marcus Stroman is just going to shove. Like you're giving Marcus Stroman the ball on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson Day, and he's already kind of like, you know, high energy and like electric. And I, I, you know, he, he knows how to pitch at cores. I kind of feel like Marcus Stroman's going to shove. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he might be our tough luck pitcher this year. Who's going to shove and still lose because uh, he's going up against Marquez who looked really good against the Dodgers only gave up only three hits in seven innings pitched against them. And that's, that's that Dodgers lineup is no joke. That's not easy to do. And so he's, he's kind of coming into his own in Colorado right now, but Freeland tonight, uh, he gave up a bunch of runs. Uh, he's got a 12, 27 ERA on the year so far. And then Austin Gomber in the Sunday matchup, when they got him, they got him from the Cardinals. He gave up a bunch of runs as well. Uh, but even though that they're off to a hot start, they've only lost one game, I think. Same. Yeah, the Rockies have been really good. Like, and they started the season against the Dodgers. So it's not even like they can, it's like, oh, the Rockies just beat up on the Diamondbacks. No, the, the Rockies are off to a 4-1 start and yeah. they started the se- season against the juggernaut Dodgers. I mean, I'm kind of impressed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, you remember we swept the Dodgers at Wrigley last year that as was well. Great. But it was yeah. wonderful. <clears throat> I'm pitching no hitter against them. And uh, the Dodgers are just like sitting out there trying not to have perfect games and stuff, <laughs> I guess is their MO this year. Well, but, they're in um, it for the long haul, Danny. Nobody cares about a perfect game in April, yeah. except for, you know, history and everybody else. <laughs> and except for battle baseball fans. But uh, so I like our chances. I like our chances best in tonight's game, Thursday and on Sunday, because Smiley shoved and that was good to see. And if he's going to pitch like that as a number four, and I think he can beat Austin Gomber. Um, so it, I, you know, I, I hate these stupid road trips where they go from Pittsburgh to Colorado. It's that's another ridiculous thing. It's like, what are you doing? And I hate four game series and I hate two game series. It's, it's like, wow, this, this week has a lot for you to hate that. Um, let's talk about it is, is I'm, I'm, I'm getting annoyed just talking about this series. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about who is hot for the Chicago Cubs right now. It's really only three guys with at least 10 plate appearances. You got say Suzuki who we talked about earlier. WRC plus at the moment is 300. That means he is 200% better than the league average park adjusted batter at driving in runs. That's incredible. It's not going to be sustainable, but it's incredible. Think about that. Um, But right behind him with a WRC plus since the start of the season at 284 is our old pal Ian Happ, who is clearly channeling hot Ian Happ these days. And then Wilson Contreras comes up behind them with a WRC plus of 214. That's really it 
The only other guy who has an above average WRC plus right now is Rafael Ortega and he's barely above average at 103. I mean, obviously some of this is like going to Pittsburgh on the road. None of nobody was very good offensively in that second game. Danny, as you already noticed, it's some small sample size noise. Who knows? Maybe they can get some hitting done in Colorado. It's always a great place to hit. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll, they can because they did the bats disappeared. They scored a bunch of runs at Wrigley field. They, scored 18 runs in three games and then they went to Pittsburgh and they scored four runs. So in two games, so that it's, that can't happen. You can't disappear like that. And you know, that's why I said at the beginning of the show that I was just disappointed because go beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you, you they didn't do it. And um, so hopefully like some of these, I mean, you, you see Clint Frazier, He's, he has a couple doubles, but he's only batting 200, you know, uh, then you, you see like some of these middling guys, Horner, Hayward doing better than we had thought or like, you know, up at the top of the line he's taking his walks, but that's about it. So it's like, I'm, I'm looking for some of these. We don't, we can't have say a Suzuki carry the team. This well, whole we can, time, but it won't work out very well. It's not going to work. <laughs> no, you're going to only win 60 games on the year and say will have won 20 of them, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah. So I'm looking for some of these guys getting it go- to get it going, especially somebody like Schwisdom or sh- somebody's like Schwisdom. You and you got the Schwindel and uh, Patrick Wisdom thing. Patrick Wisdom hasn't even shown up yet. Patrick Wisdom has struck out 47.4% of the time. Like I actually found myself yesterday wondering why Jonathan VR wasn't playing third base. Yeah, well, then that's where I'm at, too. And he's only hitting 143, so it's not like it's a big uh, step up. He hit into some bad luck, though, in Pittsburgh, and he was at least hitting the ball hard. Patrick Wisdom doesn't even hit the ball at all, and he swings right through pitches right down the middle. So I don't know what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was Evan Altman on Twitter, and I'm not staring at it right now. So if it was someone else, I apologize for not giving credit, who said that Patrick Wisdom just looks late on everything right now, and I – I concur with that. I think that he his approach at the plate doesn't look very good. On the Rocky side of things, uh, they have a lot of guys who are doing a ton of damage. I'm just going to name everybody who's got a WRC plus over 120 right now. We'll go down the list. Connor Joe is an outfielder there. Really fun young player. Has a WRC plus of 212. CJ Crone has a WRC plus of 180. Elias Diaz, their catcher, has a WRC plus of 174. Jose Iglesias, yes, that Jose Iglesias, has a WRC plus of 147. Our old pal, Chris Bryant has a WRC plus of 139 and our old enemy Randall Gritchick has a WRC plus of 122. This Rockies lineup looks like they are on fire from top to bottom. And we're about to go in there with Justin Steele and TBD. Danny, how do you think this is going to play <laughs> at Coors Field? Uh, well, I mean, we all get to hit there. So <laughs> I guess that's uh, the only thing I could say. I just, I hope the bats show up. They weren't there in Pittsburgh. They were there in Chicago this can't happen. You know, you can't just be this Jekyll and high team. We've seen it before. It's, it's a thing. These home road splits. Remember the Rockies last year were just the most ridiculously home road split team of all time or something like that. I think it was them, right? I mean, they're always, they always, always, are. always. Yeah. So it's, but it was like, like totally on steroids last year. And so these, these guys always can hit, they always have inflated numbers and I would, and I would imagine a road team as they come in there and knowing the reputation of the place, they're looking to do some damage too. Hopefully their approach is good and they don't get tight. And, um, I, you know, 
it's just, they oh. Rock, Rockies are uh, even on paper look like a little bit of a better team than the Cubs right now. So if you know, like you said before, like your dad used to say, split them. We're trying to split on the road. It's disappointing that it's come to this, but yes. <laughs> We're one week into the season. We're already just hoping that the Cubs will go 500 against the Rockies on the road. Uh, If the Cubs do go 500 against the Rockies on the road, I'm sure that Danny and I will be talking about it on social media. Danny, where can people find you on social between now and our next episode, which will be recorded at some point between Sunday, the end of the game on Sunday night and the start of the next series. Yeah, at Sunranto on Twitter. You can also search that on Facebook and join a couple groups there. Um, But uh, And on YouTube and all the fun places that you can find people yeah definitely check out the sun ranto show if you have not watched it before it's a little bit bodier a little bit more raucous than this podcast but it's a great time with a lot of our friends who are true diehard cubs fans and love to talk about baseball uh if the cubs go 500 at course field you will hear me chattering about it at at bcb underscore sarah you will find all of the links to this podcast and the things that we reference on at cup of cubby blue we are very close to 750 followers on that account so come join us now and be our 750th follower and make us really happy if we hit 750 followers we will tell you about it next time on cup of cubby blue until then bye